Welcome to another podcasting episode of Bob Around Town. It's Bob Peters out and about, exploring mid-Michigan from an inside perspective. And now, here's your host, Bob Peters. Hi, everyone, and welcome. It's Bob Around Town, your host, Bob Peters, episode 10. Who would have thought I would have made it into double digits, episode number 10? Hope you enjoyed some of the past ones as we talked about some Halloween spooky hauntings, a little bit of uh, Christmas stories we've had, and oh yeah, we're talking tattoos too, so having a lot of fun. Hey, this one right here, we're going to talk craft beer in Isabella County, one of my favorite topics, because we've got some really, really good craft brewers here in town. So we're going to be talking with Kyle Bahina from Mountain Town Brewing, Nate Thering from Hunter's Handmade Brewery. So uh, first of all, hey, you know what, we're going to talk a little bit of facts about craft brewery. I was really interested in this because... You drive it around the state of Michigan, you drive around a lot of states around the country, you're finding out a lot of these craft brewers are just popping up everywhere. And it's really nice to see these entrepreneurs and, you know, these, these business people really taking a passion and doing something with it. So, uh, state of Michigan, matter of fact, you know, we rank sixth in the nation. We have 408 craft breweries. That means we've got a little bit more than five for every 100,000 people here in this uh, state. Economic impact is just massive. A little bit under $2.3 billion a year in the state of Michigan. That's really great. Uh, production. Hey, how much craft beer we make in this state? Uh, oh, almost about 850,000 barrels of craft beer are produced here all the time. So you've got a many different flavors. Uh, one thing I didn't look into is how many different uh, brand names do we have out there and different names too. Hey, real quick here before we get into the uh, interviews, uh, did a little research again on brewersassociation.org website. Really a fun website to look at and uh, really uh, gives you a lot of information on the state of Michigan. Hallmark of a craft beer and its brewers is really the innovation. Craft brewers interpret historic styles with unique twists and development of those styles. And really, there's no precedence even on some of the things that they do and the things they come up with. And we're going to learn from both Nate and Kyle, um, you know, that they're always putting their own ideas into it, listening to other people, uh, you know, who are coming in there, some of the people who are actually working for them. And a lot of times they listen to the uh, customers too. Craft brewers tend to be very involved with the communities through philanthropic endeavors and product donations and volunteerism, sponsorship events. Yes, they do that. Craft brewers are really distinctive in what they're putting together, you know, and it's really all individual too. Everybody's got their own different ideas. They connect with their customers. Customers say, hey, can you try something like this? Can you try something like that? Craft brewers maintain integrity by what they brew and their general independence. They're free from a substantial interest by a non-craft brewer. What that means is they're not being told by corporate, here's what you have to brew, here's how you have to do it. These, these individuals are allowed to experiment, have fun, try new things too. Majority of Americans live within about 10 miles of a craft brewery. So we know there are quite a few out there too. So, And coming up, first of all, we're going to be interviewing Nate Thering. He's with Hunter's Handmade Brewery. Went through some classes over at CMU and really has been working hard on it. He's uh, worked at a few other places, but he's going to give us the whole story. So I hope you enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Nate Thering. Right now I've got with me uh, Nate Thering. He's the, uh, what, what is it, a, a brewmaster? What's the title? What are you called? Uh, I'm the head brewer. Head brewer. Hunters. Okay, yep. gotcha. That sounds pretty good, okay, doesn't it? He's at Hunter's Handmade Brewery. We're right here on Bluegrass Road at Hunter's Ale House. Um, you've got, what, 19 beers up there, Nate? Yep. 19 beers. Bob's going to try four of them today. Okay. But we're going to talk about a lot more here and uh, what's going on. Nate, what brought you to uh, making beer? Uh, it actually really just happened completely by accident. Okay. Uh, 
I was sitting in an anthropology class one day at CMU, and the guy next to me says, uh, hey, you know there's a fermentation science program here? I was like, well, what, what's that? He's like, oh, you make beer. So I spent the next two, three years getting all my prereqs in. I did the fermentation science course at Central, and a couple of years later, I'm I'm right here, honors. So, so you're one of those many students who have changed your major along the way, right? Well, actually, <laughs> uh, this is just a uh, certificate program, okay. so I didn't have to change my major or my minor, and it actually helped me fulfill a few uh, science requirements. So, oh, very it was, good. It was perfect. So, so what led you then with, with the certification right here to uh, Hunters? Well, I did my internship here, which is the final class that you take for the program. Uh, and then after that, I graduated and I was looking around uh, for brewing positions. And I actually started out at uh, Mountain Town for a few months. And then uh, the old brewer here told me he was going to be retiring soon and wanted to know if I wanted to come back and kind of take over. So that's what, that's what brought me here. What do you like about making beer? I love designing recipes. Anything that really has to do with uh, with grain or hops is just being able to have different combinations of it all and, and learning about new styles and stuff is just has always been fascinating to me. Are there limitations in making a beer? Are there limitations? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there are. I mean, depending on what styles, you know, you want to brew, you're, you're not going to be able to have, you know, a super heavy you know, dark Pilsner, that would be, you know, kind of just doesn't make sense, yeah. then, right? Because there are two different types of beer. Mm, yep. You know, I guess it'd be like having pasta with on your tacos or something. Yeah. You can yep. do it, but you don't want to. Yep. Right? <laughs> gotcha. Um, what do you like about making the beer? I mean, is it that flexibility? Is it that testing and trying new things? Yeah. You know, sometimes you're worried that a beer might not turn out so well. And then you get three people that try it and they tell you it was, it, it was a home run, you know, and just that, that feeling that you made like a really, really awesome product and you're getting awesome feedback is, it's just a great, uh, great feeling to have. Good, good. How many hours do you work a week here? And we won't tell anybody else, you know, it's just between <laughs> us. But I mean, it, it, it's, it's a long, you know, laborious job, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and it, and it really depends. I, I'd say... You know, in the winter months when stuff is kind of slower, I'm probably around 35 to 40 hours a week. In the summer and the, you know, early fall when it's really, really popping, you know, I can do anywhere from 40 to 50. We drink a lot more beer in the summer, don't we? Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, just a reminder for everybody, I've been talking with uh, Nate Thering. We're over at Hunter's Handmade Brewery. Uh, I've got four beers in front of me. They have a, what, you have a total of 19 on tap right now? Yep. Wow. A lot of 19 variety. of our own. We have 19 of your own. Yes, that's, that's what we're going to focus on. Yeah. Yep. You know, we're going to talk about that. These beers are only available here that you make, right? Yep. You can only get them here. We're at Hunter's Ale House on Bluegrass. So let's jump in. To my left, your right, there's more of a lighter, more yellowish beer, or golden, I should say. What am I having right now? Uh, that is Coach's Golden Ale. Coach's, tell me the story behind this. Um, well... As far as I know, it's uh, kind of an ode to uh, CMU football games. We, we call it coaches because that's the light beer that everyone wanted to drink uh, when they were watching Central play on, on Saturdays. 
Uh, it's been a staple here at Hunters for years now. Um, it's actually, I think it's, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's, it's my second or third favorite uh, beer we have on tap. It's easy it, drinking. It's, it's, it's very easy. I was going to yep. say it's smooth. There's no bitter aftertaste on mm -hmm. that one. Um, what I noticed too with, with craft beers, there's not a lot of, not a lot of foam. You know, now, when you, you go and get a domestic beer and you pour it into a bottle or into mm -hmm. a glass, it's, it's going to fill up with foam. I notice with craft beers, not a lot of foam. Is, is that something that's generally seen in craft beers or have um, I been letting these sit for two minutes? <laughs> yeah, it, it could just have to do with, you know, what kind of equipment you're using or your carbonation techniques. You know, every, every brewery has a different uh, bread and butter that, that they like to, Very good. to use. So I almost finished, but I didn't quite finish. You know the uh, the, the coach's beer, uh, very nice. Now we're moving on. So tell me about some of your other beers before I get into another one because I need to take a little break. Okay, Nate. Okay. You know, um, we've got four of them right here. What are some of the other ones? And, and talk about some that are popular and that you're really proud of. Uh, one beer that I'm super excited about is uh, our hazy IPA called Foggy Bridge. So. Uh, I'm always looking around for new hops. I'm scouring the internet to see, you know, what's, you know, new and exciting and everything. And uh, I found a hop called Mackinac, which is a kind of an ode to Mackinac Island, you know, Mackinac Bridge, whatever. It is this real fruity, uh, flavorful hop that you can put in IPAs. And, you know, we, we gave it a try a couple weeks ago. We tapped it. It came out fantastic i i love it i think it's uh really flavorful and uh just really proud of that one excellent what else do you have there as you you know because we looked around that whole row and you said bob what will you like and i only picked four can't drink 19. <laughs> what else do you have there that you know that you really like uh caber tosser is definitely a, a like a top five for me i'd say uh it's a scottish ale around I think it's seven three seven four percent ABV. Uh, that one's actually been around at Hunters for quite a few years as well, and it, it's really cool to be able to go back through the you know the recipe books and see you know it, it hasn't changed much, but there's minor tweaks that each head brewer has made to the recipe over the years, and it I don't know it's just a really great tasting beer. It's it's got a smoked malt uh, mesquite malt that we special order from Brees, and i i think it just has crazy flavor i love it uh matter of fact we're, we're gonna do this podcast back here what, what is this room called is this the brewery yep this, this is the brewery where we're actually here in the brewery and here's some equipment going maybe you know on in the background and everything a lot of stainless steel right yep. <laughs> you've, you've got a lot going on here i'm gonna jump into beer number two what is that one that is sticky orange. Sticky orange. So, okay, I've had this before, but tell us about sticky orange. Sticky orange was actually, I believe it was uh, one of the very first fermentation science uh, classes. They came up with the recipe. And, uh, you know, over the years, it's been indoctrinated into, you know, as a hunter staple. Uh, we use about 200 oranges. We, we take the peels and we'll throw about 100 of those into the, the brew itself. And then we'll throw 100 into the tank uh, before we carb it all up. 
So it has a, a real citrusy and kind of zesty uh, fruit flavor. It's got a sun-kissed taste to it. Doesn't it like a yeah. sun-kissed orange? I mean, it's very much it's, orange. It's great to have on a hot day. It is. Uh, it's refreshing. You know, it's smooth, yeah. My, my parents aren't big craft beer drinkers, mm -hmm. but they love sticky orange. So I'm glad I was able to, you know, it's make something. It's good any time of the year. It doesn't have to yeah. be 80 degrees or, or colder or warmer, I should say, at that point. So, no, that's very good. I'm going to have one more sip. I might finish this one. Okay, Nate? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry for the slurp right there. Tell me about the challenges in, in brewing beer nowadays. Um, I know we've had our issues with just uh, getting certain supplies over the last couple of years. I mean, I'm, I know the, the pandemic uh, certainly didn't help anything. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't, other than that, I wouldn't say there's been a ton of challenges. Uh, you know, Every now and again, it's really hard to get a certain chemical or a certain grain or a certain hop. Uh, but other than that, I, I found it to be uh, relatively easy to get what I need. Did you ever do a batch that came out and you said, there is no way in hell I'm serving this to anyone? <laughs> and I always say that because, you know, I, I'm a broadcaster. I've written commercials and I've. Here's some bad ones that I said, I'm just not releasing this. <laughs> I'm going to have to redo this one. <laughs> I've definitely had a beer that we, we tapped for about a month. And, you know, it just wasn't tasting as, as well as I would have liked. So we decided to pitch it. It was actually, it was actually a seltzer we did. We wanted to do like a, uh, oh, it was like a lime seltzer with uh, a little bit of like, uh, raspberry uh, puree. The the lime flavor just didn't really come through at all, and the raspberry flavor was kind of light. You know, it, it, it wasn't uh, a bad tasting seltzer at all, but I don't know, it just didn't have uh, what I wanted. Went so. back down to the drain, right? Yep. Yeah, okay, gotcha. That happens on occasion. But, mm -hmm. you know, that's how we learn, right, Nate? Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, that, that's how we come up with better products, so. All right, let's talk about uh, you, you, a couple more out there that you have there that we didn't talk about yet or that I'm not going to be drinking. Tell me about a couple more out there that you really like. Uh, we have one called Barnside Belgian, which okay. uh, is a Saison or a farmhouse sale. Okay. I love this, the, the story behind this one. It was, it's, a, it's a Belgian-style beer that uh, uses, I don't think it's wild yeast anymore, but it has certain aspects of, of, a, of a wild yeast to it that uh, a lot of farmers uh, used to use and brew like way back in the day. And um, I, the flavor profile behind it is just very, very cool. I, I really enjoy that beer. We encourage everyone to come over here to Hunter's Ale House and give it a shot, right? Yep. <laughs> Good. All right. I, I, I can't wait for the last one. We're gonna, that, that's one we're really going to be fired up about. But here, number three, what is it? Uh, Grandpa Chuck's. Grandpa Chuck's. It's a uh, light. Uh, very light. Yep. Very light. Uh, pretty much just flaked corn and uh, flaked rice uh, right. lager. Okay. You know, very, very easy grain bill. Um, I guess it's it's almost like uh, like an equivalent to like a, maybe like a Budweiser or a, a Bud Light, I guess. I like that one. Um, in between my last beer, Nate, what else do you, do you have out there on tap? It's actually, there's an Irish red that we have called uh, Some More Please. 
Some more, please. Yeah, Irish and, red. And uh, more is spelled M O H E R, like the cliffs of more in Ireland. Uh, Irish styles are kind of my my favorite. I, I like Irish dry stouts and Irish reds. Those are my favorite styles. I actually uh, ordered malt from Maris Otter, which is a a British malting company, because I wanted to try and make it like as true to style as I could. So I got special ordered malt. I got Irish yeast, and I got uh, I used English hops to brew it, but uh, that's always been a, a fun one for me. So if that leads me to another question: You scour the planet for hops and yeast? Mm-hmm. No kidding. All right. Well, what what are the difference in, in, between all the hops in different countries? It could be anything from uh, flavor. You know, like is this is this hop gonna have more of like an estery or, or fruity flavor, or is it gonna be more uh, bitter and kind of upfront. Um, you know, with like uh, New England IPAs and hazy IPAs, you tend to go for more tropical, fruity, citrusy hops, uh, where West Coast IPAs, you know, something like uh, Two-Hearted uh, would use more of a, a, a bitter hop. But hops are grown in Michigan too, though, aren't they? Yep, I, I believe most of the, of the hops grown here on the west side of the state, because I if I remember correctly, hops need kind of a, a drier environment to grow. You know, with the more moisture there is, uh, more chance there is of, uh, you know, mold growing or some sort of, you know, bacteria forming. Uh, but I think it's really cool that we, uh, as a state, have the opportunity to grow hops. Excellent. Talking with Nate Thering, boy, we're talking beer today and craft beer made right here in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. We got some of the best beer going, so... We're really lining up for the last beer for me, okay? I saw this on Facebook. You guys were really, really talking this up and really happy and proud about it. Well, go ahead, Nate. Tell me about it while I start drinking, okay? Yep. So it is a coffee porter called What Would Jesus Brew? Uh, It's been around Hunters for quite a while. Uh, Something I really love about the beer is uh, that we get the coffee grounds from Ponder uh, right by... uh, CMU's campus here in town. It, it is just very cool to be able to source your ingredients from, from local businesses. And uh, that's why What Would Jesus Brew is, is one of my favorites. I, I really enjoy this, you know. Um, you know, we talked about my, my types of beers that I like, and we know I'm more into ale, pilsners. I've had some coffee-flavored beers, and I really enjoy those. This is very nice, and again, it's smooth. You make really good smooth beers here, Nate. Thank you know, you. there's not, not a lot of aftertaste with these whatsoever. So I really enjoy that one. How's this one doing for you, though? Uh, yeah, a lot of people loving it, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, we actually, we usually uh, brew it on our, our larger system so we can have, uh, have more at once. That's just how popular it's been over the years. Uh, we usually take it to our, uh, our craft beer festivals that we go to, and it's, it's always been a, a crowd pleaser. You do a lot of uh, festivals? Uh, we haven't recently. We've really just been doing the uh, Mount Pleasant Beer Festival, but I know in the past, uh, Hunters has gone, I believe, to the uh, ones in Grand Rapids, and I th- think there's one in Detroit in the winter. How competitive is it right now for a craft brewer? Um, I, I believe the market is starting to get a little bit saturated. I remember when I was taking my class back in 2020, my professor was telling me when the whole industry started to blow up in the early 2000s, two breweries were op- 
opening for every one that was closing. And now it's kind of more like a one-to-one ratio, you know. But the, the funny thing is I, I thought getting into the business, you'd always be super competitive against uh, other breweries. But what I found is actually more of a, a friendship and, you know, all those brewers over at Mountain Town, those guys are great. I loved working with them. I know Steve up at Four Leaf. Uh, it's always cool to try, you know, whatever he's got on tap. Pretty cool community to be a part of. You know, very much so. And and guess what? You know, uh, coming up later in this uh, podcast, I'll be talking with Kyle from Mountain Town. And he says the same thing, that everybody works together. You're all friends. You're not really that competitive in a sense, like other businesses like Ford and Chevy. You, yep. know, we'll, you know, McDonald's and Whoppers will be beat each other up. But you don't do this in this industry. You support each other, right? Mm-hmm. You've even collaborated on a few, haven't you? Yep. Uh, okay. We did a beer with Mountain Town called It Takes Two to Mango. Yep. It's a mango IPA. Uh, we actually got to use uh, the Mackinac hops I was talking about earlier in that beer. And we used just a little bit of mango puree to give it, you know, just a little bit sweeter flavor. So, you know, maybe people that aren't huge IPA drinkers, this could kind of be like a, a happy medium for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you have 19 beers on tap. I'm looking over my left shoulder. We're inside the brewery right now. You don't have enough equipment to make 19 beers at a time. How does that work, Nate? It's all about timing and okay. planning and, you know, just staying ahead of the curve a little bit. You know, we have, we have enough kegs to keep, you know, all 19 taps well stocked and pretty much what you do when everything's in the cooler is you're filling up all your tanks back here. Then when one beer, uh, you know, blows over there, we'll transfer and keg up another beer and we send it right back out. So it's, it's all about just keeping up with the pace. Excellent. You know, logistically that's gotta be tough for you too. You're looking at inventory, what do you have here? So, Answer me the question. I'm very curious. From the time you say I'm going to make a batch of beer till the time somebody can drink it, how long does that take? Uh, it depends on if you're going to make an ale or a lager. Uh, lager, the yeast strains, you know, they like to ferment a little bit cooler and it takes a little bit longer. So a lager might, might take uh, anywhere from like five to six weeks, maybe a, a seventh if you're really going to uh, let it sit in the tank. An ale, you could do, you know, as, as short as 10 days or as long as 21 days. What happens for those six weeks while it's sitting in the tank? Uh, a lot of things. You know, it, at the beginning, it starts with just active fermentation. So that yeast is eating up all those sugars in there and converting them to, to alcohol. And then after fermentation is complete, what we do is something called uh, uh, crashing a beer. So we'll turn the temp way down, we'll let all the yeast uh, die out, sit at the bottom of the tank. And that, that's why the tanks are kind of conical. So it lets all the yeast kind of settle down there. And then uh, we'll transfer it over to another tank, actually, where we'll let it sit for uh, another couple of days just to kind of clear out even more. And that's where we'll carbonate it and actually we'll keg right from there, too. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, let's talk a little bit. You, you're working for a family-owned business. We're local craft breweries. Tell me about the advantages about that, Nate. I think it's fun to be a part of a, you know, just something local. I think that's something you can really promote when you 
work for a family business and you work for you know a, a smaller uh, brewery, you're always running into people around town asking what's new on tap and you know, hey, should we try this? And I think it's cool to promote stuff about Mount Pleasant. I agree with you entirely. I love this area. I'm glad we've got some great brewers here, you know, some craft beer coming out of uh, Mount Pleasant. Nate, thank you very much. We're at Hunter's Handmade Brewery, also known as Hunter's Ale House. You serve up every night, don't you? Yep. All right. Great place to have dinner. Uh, you can come over here, too. There's a number of restaurants here and a number of menu items you're going to have here. But there are 19 beers on tap right here that were made in the room I'm sitting in right now with Nate. Great time. Thank you very much. These beers are only available here. Nate, finish us up here right now. Why should they come to Hunter's Ale House? We got the best dang beer here in town. I love it. Nate, thank you very much. All the best to you. Thank you. Hey, it's Bob Around Town. Thank you very much, uh, Nate, taking some time with us, and that beer sure was tasty. Uh, coming up next, I moved on over and took the equipment over to Summit Smokehouse location. Uh, they've got uh, the brewery actually in the back of that building. They're making beers for the Summit, Mountain Town Station, Elma Brewing, and St. John's Brewing Company. So we've got a lot going on there. Hope you enjoyed the conversation with Kyle. So right now I've got Kyle Bahina. Uh, head Brewing Operations, or Head of Brewing Operations for Mountain Town Brewing Company, Alma Brewing, St. John's Brewing Company. Can I say Mountain Town Station and Summit Smokehouse, Kyle? Yes, sir. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. you for being here. I appreciate being here with you. Oh, no, this is great. You gave me a little tour in the back room, okay? Um, you showed me the process, and it looked very complicated, Kyle, but when we really broke it down, it is a step one, step two, step three, isn't it? It absolutely is. There's a lot of creativity within those steps, but the process day to day, generally speaking, is the same. And, and once you learn it, it's really not that complicated. Excellent. So you got it down. So so you, you told me the process too. Now you have many different flavors. You have seasonal flavors here yes, uh, with, with Mountain Town Brewing Company. You showed me a little bit about how you do that, but why don't you tell our listeners, how do you get those different flavors, those fruity flavors, those herbs? You know, really, whatever you put in there. Uh, for the most part, it starts with the grain, the okay. malt, um, you, depending on what style of beer you're going for. If you want the chocolates and the roasts, you're going to go with darker malts. Um, if you want the fruity flavors, you're going to do a lot of post-fermentation adding or, or, or a lot of dry hopping, a lot of stuff like that towards the, the later end of the brew process. So it just really depends on what beer you're going to brew as to what flavors you're going to shoot for. Now at Mountain Town, we do it a little backwards. We tend to have a, a goofy beer name that we think, you know, hey, we, we want to name it this. What kind of beer is that? And if it lends to a fruity flavor, you know, we start going lighter malt, not as much hop character, so we can start adding fruits and herbs and things to get those flavors. If that name leads us down the stout road, now we know we're, we're going to use those darker malts. Um, if it's a hoppy beer, you kind of start with, okay, what hops do we want? Do we want bitter hops? Do we want floral? Do we want um, fruity, as you mentioned? So it just, it all depends on what style do we want, and then we reverse engineer from there. So, Kyle, this is highly interesting what you told me, because I thought you, you know, I asked this of, of uh, um, musical artists, okay? Mm -hmm. What comes first, the music or the lyrics? 
you know, and it's, sometimes it's different, but they'll say the lyrics come first. Right. Then we have to build the music behind it. Mm -hmm. So you're coming up with a title for a beer. So you you all sit around. <laughs> wait, wait. I, I know. I, yeah. I, tell me if this is right. You sit around. You come up with goofy names, right? Uh, really, it's just as we're working. We don't. <laughs> oh, just is it sit. okay? Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, I'll be driving down my down the road, and uh, a song comes on, and you hear a lyric, um, and you think, oh man, that could be a beer name, or or it inspires a beer. You know, we were joking yesterday that we all have synesthesia instead of synesthesia. So it's like we hear music or we hear words and we see beer. And that's just, I don't know, we have, we've got a weird group of guys and most of our beer ideas come out of just general conversation. And you get, you get a lot of uh, input from, from your customers, yes. the Mug Club too, don't they? We, we, uh, we built a specific bar for that purpose so that right. we can hang out with them and Get as much feedback as possible and um we we have a beer we're kind of workshopping right now based on just an individual mug club member okay who's always wanted a, an asparagus beer oh we've never okay. done it so very good and uh, he'll be retiring soon so we got to get that done okay get in the asparagus beer i love that i but love yeah, that inspiration so, okay. comes from just about anywhere um how many how many different beers can you make at one time in your facility uh, fermenting, uh -huh. we could technically have 15 beers fermenting. Okay. Wow. Because you, you have a great selection and you're rotating names and, and yes. rotating, you know, different flavors, you know, seasonally yep. and some come and go, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so we have 30 taps in our building, 22 available to the general public and eight available just to our mug club members. Right. Special okay. guests for events, whatever it may be. Eight of those beers are what we call core brand. Okay. You can 99% of the time guarantee those are going to be on tap. Um, and then the rest are what we call Brewer's Reserve. And uh, some of those are seasonal. Some of them are one-offs. Some are meant to be one-offs but wind up being a hit, so we try to bring them back. But that's where we have fun is outside of those core brands, you know, that we want to be consistent and, and keep people happy that have been drinking it since – 1996 when Mount Station opened, um, but outside of those, we just we try to be creative and have as much fun as possible. Well, we're going to go over some names. By the way, you're listening to Bob Around Town. We're sitting at the big round table at Summit Smokehouse in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. I'm hanging out with the head of brewery operations, Kyle Bahina. We're having a little bit of fun. Um, you put a little flight out for me too, and we're going to talk about those. Yes, all right. You even asked me what kind of beers I like. I'm more of that 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 ale, lager, pilsner. I'm German, okay. So, mm -hmm. so, so you know, you know, I, I like those beers yeah. right there. So, I'm looking at so, some names here, and I can't even pronounce everything. You're going to help me out, okay? <laughs> sure. First of all, I love the wife is calling. Is one of these the wife yes, is calling? That is, is, the is that the first one, one on the left? Yes. See, okay. So, I, I know a little bit, right? <laughs> Honey Bear. I haven't tried that one yet. Zia Sun. How about this one? Tell me about what a pearl. Oh, what a pair. Oh, what a pair. pair. Oh, yes. I, okay. It's got an it's exclamation, exclamation point and <laughs> Yeah, that, that's one of those that kind of comes out of a conversation with the brewers. Um, but we wanted to make a, a strong, a higher alcohol cider with just a hint of pear juice to round out the sharpness of the alcohol. And uh, the jokes, I, I guess I can say candidly, was <laughs> my wife has never had anything named or inspired by her okay but she also doesn't drink at all and so we joke that what a pair is more of an ode to the wife i love that one you know and the wife is calling all the time what a pair <laughs> yeah i like that what is this one it's you got a david grolsch 
Dave Grohl. Yeah, I Dave Grohl's right. Yes, I, mean, I know uh, that somebody's a Foo Fighter fan I here, right? A, I'm a diehard Foo Good. Fighters fan. Um, and I that was a name that stuck in my brain for about six years, and then we finally made it. But we didn't know what style of beer it would be for a while, and then we were brewing Kolsch's, and I just thought that felt perfect. But we didn't want to brew the same old Kolsch that everybody has, so we used black malt and a little bit of rye. Uh, to give it more of a, a unique feel and, and, and flavor, but also show people the differences in in what color means in beer. A lot of people okay. see a, a dark or a black beer and they assume it's heavy. And in our use of it with this beer, which is also on your flight, um, it's, it's a light, easy drinking black lager, really. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to show people that. You can still have a light, all day drinking beer, even if the color of it is dark. I never knew that. Thank you on that one right Absolutely. there. By the way, for your non-alcoholic brew, it should be called the Pretender. <laughs> That's the Foo one. Fighters. How's that one? Okay, I'll help you out a little bit, all right? Um, we got a few more here, right? So so here, here's the one we I think we really started with, with the Mountain Town brand, was the Gambler's Golden Ale, yep. the Rail Yard, Raspberry, Cowcatcher Red, Iron Horse, and Trainwreck. Yes, sir. Different beers, but they all taste great. And but we're finding out that that started how many years ago, almost decades ago, right now, yeah, Kyle. Those, and they're still, you know, really passing yes. that test of time. Those were born with Mountain Town Station. Um, Jim Holton, our owner, brought those uh, about back then, and we've kept them going. Trainwreck uh, of the core brand is one of the later ones to join the party, I guess you would say. Um, and it, it was supposed to be a winter warmer. That one, it still predates me, but. The story I've been told was it was an accident. Oh, really? And uh, it came out at 8.2%. They didn't know, are people even going to like this? And then it was a huge hit at, over at the station. Um, they were serving them like crazy back during their old pint nights. And then distribution blew up for it. Uh, I believe that was around 2008, 2009. Um, again, before my, I was just out of high school then. But um, it was kind of an accident that really took off and led to us distributing our beer. Uh, much more widely across the state. Good. You're in high school. You're probably drinking bad beer then, right? You know, <laughs> what, what, what? Really? Why a craft beer over a large domestic brewer, in your opinion? Um. Well, I don't know. Honestly, I I believe every beer does have its place. One of my mm -hmm. all-time favorite beers. The first beer I ever had when I was 15 was just a traditional Yingling Lager. Um. You know, I guess technically it's the largest craft brewery in America, um, depending on how you look at it, look at it. But I choose craft because there's there's just creativity there that it feels less corporate and more people. There's community along with it. That's why I fell in love with what I do. You mentioned the mug clubbers before. I don't know that you really get that sense sitting around a table just drinking a bunch of big brand domestic beer. Um, you could sit here with five other people and everybody has a different beer and it's just a different feel to that hangout, I guess. You know, I did a little research, you know, but uh, a lot, like a lot of people say with a microbrewery, it, it uh, came to reflect an alternative attitude and approach to brewing flexibility, adaptability, experimentation and customer service. And that's exactly yeah. what you just talked about right now, Kyle. Perfect. Can I get into this? Absolutely. Okay, what are you drinking, by the way? 
I am having what we call uh, Who the Heck Are You? Oh, tell us about the Who the Heck Are You? So this was one of, we just finished our Christmas beers uh, during the Christmas season. We released a brand new beer every single day from the night before Thanksgiving until, uh, well, there's a winter storm. So technically the day after Christmas or so, we released our final one. And this was one of them. It's a red malt bock, uh, spiced with ginger, nutmeg, clove, and a little bit of... Um, I lost my train of thought. Oh boy, that you, cinnamon. you, you went Sorry, this, yeah. cinnamon. Cinnamon. Uh, usually I start yeah. with cinnamon. Cinnamon, nutmeg, okay. clove, and ginger. Um, it's just an easy drinking winter spiced bock. Mm -hmm. But it's got this nice vibrant red color from the proximity red malt that we use. Um, it's just one of my favorite winter beers. I grew up, um, I guess, drinking Sam Adams variety packs. It's really how I got into the non big domestic beers. And uh, I always loved their winter lager when I was you know, 21, 22. Um, so this is just in that realm. Yep. I know. We, we always start early in life with the wrong beers, don't we? <laughs> so uh, I've, I've got a flight right here. So on the left, we already know which one. It's, it's going to be the, the wife, wife is, is calling. calling okay. Yes. Matter of fact, I'm looking at my phone. She might be on the phone. I don't know. <laughs> but we're going to try it. Now, now, this one right here, tell us. Really, how did this one come to be? The wife is calling, and I'm going to take a little sip right now because I really enjoy this one. Well, so uh, we were brewing a beer called Mountain Light when we first opened this facility in January 2019. And at the time, uh, one of our head, uh, head cellarmen, he said it was just a placeholder name because we didn't have a good beer name yet. But then it stuck for... I don't know, two and a half, three years, and I always hated it. It sounds like that off-brand Mountain Dew. And again, just driving in my car, listening to the soundtrack from a documentary Dave Grohl put together about uh, Studio Six, sorry, Sound City. Uh, the soundtrack's called Studio 606. Um, but anyways, but there was a song with Lee Ving from the band Fear called uh, Your Wife is Calling. And it's about just trying to sit down and have a beer and she won't leave you alone and she's asking where you are. And I just thought that'd be kind of a fun Very good. beer. It's meant to, the joke is it's meant to be crushable. You sit at the bar when you're not supposed to, you order your beer and you see she's calling. You're able to finish your beer, pay and be out the door before you have to answer that. Excellent. Great start right here, by the way. So, <laughs> so here's a couple of things to learn too. IBUs, you're going to have all these IBUs and ABVs. We're going to talk about that. IBU, International Bitterness Unit, yes. and then the ABV, Alcohol by Volume. So this one right here, Alcohol by Volume, this is 4.8%. So so it's, dare I say it's at the low end or, you know? Absolutely. A, a little bit at the low end right there. Yep. Um, and it's really not bitter at all. It's no. very smooth. It's also uh, brewed with a little bit of honey, which helps okay. round out a lot of light beers you can get. Um just that maybe grainy finish, or, or some people, uh, especially when talking about big domestic beers, maybe it's got a skunky finish. Um, we use honey, which helps just kind of round that out. Mm -hmm. okay. um, makes it a little bit more drinkable for a wide variety of people. Okay, now I'm going to move to beer number two. Which one is this? That would be the uh, Who the Heck Are You, which is Who the Heck, Who the Heck Are You, okay. So. Which is a line from the movie Elf. Uh, oh, it is. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> You're th right. throughout the year, we bring this, uh, we do it, what's called the imposter syndrome out, which is just a red malt mm -hmm. box. For Christmas, we brewed another one, winter spiced it, and having the, the thought process of imposter, we thought of that scene from Elf 
where he realizes the mall Santa is just an imposter. And, and what so, spices do you have in here? Cinnamon, ginger, yeah. nutmeg, and clove. I like that combination. I'm, I'm getting the clove and the ginger out of there. I couldn't pick out the, what the it was. The other's just so, trying yeah. to help make sure nothing is too prominent. Round it out. Good aroma. Yeah, no, that's very good right there. So I, I'm not that good where I'm going to do that. So, okay, so <laughs> excellent. And, and you know what? It's a smooth beer, you know. It's the one thing with craft beers. When you pour them, you don't get the foam like you do with, with domestics, right? Well, it depends. We, we, okay. did, we poured that one just before we Very started. Very well so, for yeah. me. Okay. But, no, it, it makes it a, a smoother beer, too. I don't mind foam. I like getting right. it on the mustache, and again, right? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of that does come from what grains are you using? Mm -hmm. There are specific beers where we throw in certain grains that help with that foam or head retention so that it maintains a, a head the whole way through. Uh, others don't have that and it dissipates quickly and makes it to be an easier drinking beer. But that's, that's part of that reverse engineering we spoke of before. Some of these, as you drink, um, when you see the, the foam stick mm -hmm. to the side of the glass, certain grains and ingredients help that lacing effect on the glass. So even that comes into mind when designing a beer. How do you want it to look? How do you want it to taste? How do you want it to smell? And how do you want it to look once the glass is empty? All of that matters. I will now look at my glass as I drink a beer because <laughs> yeah. of you. Okay, Kyle, thank you. Okay, so so we we went with 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 the lighter one. You know, uh, the next one was it was a little bit. I don't know. It, it, Dare I say Maya's aren't great, but it's a little more reddish in, Absolutely. in a sense. Yep. You know? and that's all from the red yep. malt. Okay, use. great. Now we're moving on to number three. What this yes. one's a little bit darker. So, and and you know, I'm that person who's afraid of those dark beers right. thinking they're thick, right? Yep. You mentioned to me you weren't much yep. of a stout guy. Mm -hmm. right. So I brought you the Dave Grohl. Oh, actually. Black rye Kolsch. Not something you would see a lot of. It's normally darker than a regular Kolsch, though. Oh, that's that's yeah. Usually a Kolsch is you know, a little bit darker than right, that right. wife is calling. This one is black. So it's like a black lager or a Schwarz beer but with a Kolsch yeast and malt straight from Cologne, Germany. But it's not meant to be real chocolatey or roasty. You might get a hint of roast, but it's just supposed to be easy drinking. It's just dark. It was smooth. Yes. It, it's very easy to drink. It makes me want to listen to some Foo Fighters right now, okay? <laughs> yeah. I could drink that beer yeah. everyone. Oh, exactly. Yeah, Everlong. There you go. I mean, you could probably do a whole flight with, uh, you know, their greatest hits, right? Oh, I've, many of our beer names, nobody knows this mm -hmm. outside of the brewery. Oh, you, do you want to tell us that? A lot of them are, <laughs> they come, well, I mean, I own every record I've been listening to since I was a kid. Yeah. And sometimes it just happens. Uh, one of our pale ales, it's not on tap at the moment. It will be back soon. It's called Blessed in Cashmere. It's a very uh, obscure line from a song off their uh, Sonic Highways record. Oh, very good. Okay. So, I mean, Excellent. Just, yeah. Right, no. My wife is calling as a Dave Grohl thing. We had Beautiful. a Taylor Hopkins that, that uh -huh, just right. ran out not too long ago. Yep. So we've got Nate Mendale, the bassist. That was a beer. Oh, really? See, English, we're, uh, to, we're going to have to look at these names <laughs> a little bit closer now and kind of, you know, Google them a little bit too. Yeah, so there's a story there. I love that. So, so, so we, we've gone up there. Now we're going back a little bit lighter with this one. What, what do we got right here? Already forgot. We oh, that's all so right. Much. I'm gonna. Oh, yeah, sorry, this was the one I was the most, uh, I just most some... excited to have you try. Oh, good. The let Zia me Sun. The, oh, excellent. Let, let me have another glass of water beforehand. Yes. I'm going to cleanse my palate, as they say. <laughs> so this one uh, was hoping more or less to surprise you. You asked me when we were walking around in the brewery before if I was originally from Mount Pleasant, 
I tend to tell people I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. I lived there for eight years as a kid. I went back the first year after high school. My parents still live out there, my sister and her family. So this is brewed with fresh roasted hatch green chili that we brought back from Santa Fe. And we threw into a, a pale ale. There's also a touch of yucca root, which just kind of helps uh, the mouthfeel, not much on the flavor. But when people see chili beers, they tend to think it's going to burn my palate out. It's going to be spicy. We go more on the flavor and aroma side with the green chili, which pairs really well with smoked meat. Excellent. I don't know that well. We'll get into that someday, too. So, um, no, I really enjoyed this right here. No, I, this is a beer that I typically would look at the menu and probably not order. Yep. But you helped me out with that. No, it's it's tastes like just like good beer, right? So it's I got that so. Southwest touch to it, too, yes, right? Yeah, absolutely. You can edit that out. I took another sip. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So we got one, two, three, four. And you have, what, 15 taps, you said, right? We're we not going to be able to finish that today. Bob can't handle no, that, all no, right? Bob will not be around town. We've got 22 <laughs> on the restaurant side and then okay. eight in the little uh, private mug club bar that yeah. the brewers and I built. Okay. What's your favorite part of the job? Uh, sitting in the back, having a beer with the mug Is club really? brewers. Yeah. yeah. Or just sitting and having a beer with the brewers, honestly, after you get, a, you a guys, long day. So, so do you guys always talk beer? No, Good. not always. Uh-huh. It almost always starts that way. Mm -hmm. um, another Foo Fighters reference, I apologize. No, you go. Uh, we, so we built this this bar in the brewery that we have nicknamed Shifties because we call a post-work beer a Shifty. And also we didn't have anything named after the guitarist Chris Shiflet yet. So our bar is called Shifties. So usually the conversation starts with, what Shifty are you having today? And then we might talk about the beer. It might be a brand new one that we finally tapped. It was done conditioning and we're ready to try it. Conversation starts there and then it just goes wherever. I love it. I love that, Kyle. Okay, I got one more to go. Uh, again, we've got uh, head of brewing operations for Mountain Town Brewing Company, Kyle Bahine over here. He's really helping us out a lot. Gave me a couple of beers to try. Um, I'm not drinking enough where I won't lose concentration. Uh, although maybe when we're done with this podcast, I will finish them all. They're, how many ounces? Four ounces in here? Yes. Okay, so you get a flight. You can get a flight up to four. You can buy it and try all the different beers. I recommend that because we really have to take a look at everything you have here because we think we know what we don't like until we – and then we try exactly. it. And, yeah. I, and then you got me on that one right there, I Kyle. I completely so. agree. I've always wanted to open a brewery just called yep. Flight School. Oh, there you go. Where yeah. you only serve flights. Let's talk to Jim Holton about that, okay? <laughs> I think Maybe we're going to have a little you know, a little table. It's just flights. Okay, what do I have in my left hand right well, now? Well, you mentioned you were German. Yes, and that sir. you like lagers. Yes. So we're going to finish you off today with the Riverbend Bach. Oh, this okay. might be my favorite. That's been my favorite <laughs> for years. I'm going I'm to surprise you a little bit, too. I've had this before. I would hope and so. So I'm going to enjoy it right now. It used to be a spring seasonal, but this year we wanted to brew it. Uh, we hadn't done it um, since right around COVID. Uh, uh, so we brought it back early as a beer of Christmas and a lot of our mug club members, regulars, people who have had it years past were thrilled to see it return. No, this is tasty. Um, I've, I've had a chance to, you know, drink beer in Germany. I've been in Köln where you've gotten the hops and had, you know, beers there too. Um, I know I'm old, I'm an old German, but I can say this brings me back to my youth. Uh, you know, we were able to drink beer. 
Yeah. You know, if, if you wanted a beer at dinner, you had a little four ounce glass of beer at dinner, you know, mm -hmm. and we drank it because we liked beer, you know? Yes. Um, we didn't do it to abuse it or anything. And that's, I think that's the big thing with craft beer. We, we want it for the flavor. We're not out to get a bus. Yes. We're here to really the camaraderie too, isn't it? A hundred percent. And I'm glad yep. you did yep. say that. I remember uh -huh. when I, when I told my parents that I was starting my apprenticeship to become a brewer seven years ago, seven and a half years ago at this point. I remember my mom asked if I was worried that it would lead to a problem. And I had to explain to her that, because uh, my parents don't drink at all, that craft beer is exactly that. You drink it because you enjoy it. It's not about your, you know, it's not like hard liquors where you're just trying to maybe get to that point. Correct. Um, it's just about enjoying what's in your glass with the people at your table. And, uh, yeah, maybe you have one or two too many here or there, but it's never the goal. No, it's not. No, no. It, it's really for the, for the whole taste. You know, as I said, I grew up, my parents are immigrants from Germany. So, you know, even when I was eight, nine years old, they're past now. They can't get arrested anymore. But, you know, it, it, if I wanted just a sip of beer with dinner with my mom made a German meal, which she did quite a bit, it, it goes with it. You know, yes. it's just perfect. It's just when I got older and I got to Germany and then you drink those beers and you find out they're Highly potent. Um, <laughs> highly potent. Yes. A great selection right here, Kyle. Um, where are these beers all going to be found? Let's do a little sales right here for, uh, for Mountain Town Growing Company. Let's do it. Well, as you mentioned before, we've got numerous locations. Yeah. So although we are changing things up at Mountain Town Station, where the, all these core brands were born, mm -hmm. we are going to just start pumping out brand new experimental beers, try to invigorate the, the community over there. Um, but all of these can you can be found at either Mountain Town Station, Summit Smokehouse, Alma Brewing Company, St. John's Brewing Company, and then they are distributed throughout the state. Uh, we also do a lot of contract brewing. Uh, if you hit up Midtown Brewing Company in Lansing, some of our brews are on tap there. Now, now tell me about contract brewing. I, I'm totally unfamiliar with that. Uh, a lot of it is really how I learned to brew. Uh, mm -hmm. Our old head of operations, Chef Eddington, would just throw me in the fire, or Mike, one of our old brewers. Uh, a bar would come and, and hang out with us, sample a few beers at 9 in the morning, mm -hmm. and say, okay, we want something like this. And then Jeff would say, okay, Kyle, go figure out how to brew a beer that's in that realm, get the ingredients together, and then we'll brew it with them. And then we sell it to a distributor, and then that bar buys it. Um, they're welcome to rebrand it, name it their own. It, it gives their staff uh, a sense of ownership. Uh, it helps the sales mm -hmm. when they feel a part of that beer. And it really helped uh, train up a lot of the guys that have come through Mountain Town to just suddenly you show up to work not having any idea what you're going to brew. And then boom, uh, the Grid Arcade in Lansing was another one. Uh, back when Glitter Beer was like the trendy thing, we did one for them. Um, or the Pink Pony up Mackinac Island. When the island opens, we brew their uh, Pink Pony beer, which is a Belgian wit beer. Um, we have for years, Frankenmuth, we uh, brew their Bavarian in lager, um, or sorry, ale, it's a dark ale. Uh, and those are awesome contracts. So, so you're behind the beers in many places, we don't even know it. Yeah, there, there are a couple of restaurants right. in Indiana, we brew okay. all of their beer for them, but, um, not as much post-COVID with a lot of places closing down or tapering down their business, but uh, we've got beer in a lot of corners of the state that nobody's ever known was ours. Mm -hmm. 
which yeah. is, I mean, cool, but also, you know, sometimes you wish you get out there and just say, hey, well, you know, I brewed that, or I can't I know, that. exactly, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, yeah, no, I understand that. No, you taught me a little bit more about the uh, brewing yeah. industry as well, too, so. Uh, we can come by here, stop at the summit, and say hi to you too, right? Absolutely. Walk you do, right you do back tours here. through there? Or? Yeah, all the we, time. We can't just walk back there, can we, Kyle? Well, I mean, if you see a yeah, brewer but... back there, just step in, okay. give a wave, and we'll we'll bring you over. It's highly interesting to watch that process and to see that process. Quick question: Have you ever tested something? You poured it, and you said, "There is no way this is going to market." It's been a long time. Uh huh. Um, but I will say, last week. We were experimenting with our first non-alcoholic beer with a yeast that is designed specifically not to produce more than half a percent of alcohol, which we hadn't personally used before. So we always test or taste test beers throughout the process. Day two, it was tasting awesome. And we were kind of like, oh man, we're going to drink all of this. Day four, we thought it had to be dumped. Day six it had gotten closer to day two. And then day seven, closer to day two. Today is day eight. It's carbonated and it's tasting pretty cool. And so we'll just continue to see. But there was a minute there I thought, this is not gonna work. Um, and usually when those thoughts happen, it's when we're using something we've never used before. And we just don't know the process of how that, in this case, yeast is gonna react. You know, sometimes it goes through that life process and it starts out awesome. And then in the middle, it's absolute garbage. And then maybe it'll turn out to be your best beer. You just don't know. Um, so you have to just be patient, keep trying things. And But, you know, it's been a long time since we had to just say absolutely not. We, we take pride in what we do in our cleaning and our sanitization and our just beer knowledge in general when it comes to designing. So... We've been fairly lucky not having to come across that or you just absolutely not dump 150 gallons of beer. But there are limits to what you can make uh, or put put into beer, right? Absolutely. There are limits. There are certain things you just won't even touch, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're looking at the herbs, the spices, and the fruits, right? Yeah. If, if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I put this ingredient in a pizza sauce, I want you to make a pizza beer, sometimes you'd say, eh, let, let us use the ingredients we know to maybe get you there because we know that's not going to work. Or, you know. You're not going to use Oreo cookies, for example, right? Oh, so people do. Oh, really? Oh, people have used oh, that'll Oreo be cookies, episode. Lucky Charms, all sorts. <laughs> we can brew anything right now. <laughs> Kyle Bahina, head of brewing operations, Mountaintown Brewing Company, Elma Brewing Company, St. John's Brewing Company, Mountaintown Station, Summit Smokehouse. Thank you very much for taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you for the five beers. Can you tell that last one right there? <laughs> and you see a little uh, lacing on that. Exactly. I, I love the way that looks. That was the uh, David uh, Grolsch. Um, I loved it. You did surprise me with that one. Thank you very much, Kyle. Appreciate it. Thank you All for the best me. to you here. Appreciate hey, anybody wants some of the best beers in mid-Michigan, you're coming over here. Go get some Mountain Town Brewing beer, right? Yes, sir. You got it. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Bob Around Town's weekly podcast. The views and opinions heard on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those views and opinions of Latitude Media, our sponsors, our affiliates, or My1043 and Buck92 Radio. Check out our website for even more podcasts from around the area. Just go to MyMichiganPodcast.com. It's podcasting that matters.